What's up, everyone? Welcome to Jump School. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with one of my childhood friends. I've known this guy since I was about eight years old. His dad was my first football coach, and we played football together all the way through high school. Now, no, this episode is not about me having lavish dreams of being an NFL, nor is it about his. But what we're talking about is hip-hop and style fashion in the 90s. So I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. We did this on his podcast, the 12 Kyle Podcast. Enjoy. I look forward to hearing your comments and some of the things that you were wearing back in the day. What was your haircut like? What was your style like? Put it in the comments below and let me know. We'll see you after the episode. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. As I mentioned in the intro, man, we got a special co-host, man. We are talking about uh, 90s style. We're talking about it all. Fashion, music, the whole nine. And, uh, man, I got a special co-host in here, here man. My man, uh, we go literally <laughs> back to our childhood. Uh, my man, he is a current... Uh, father, entrepreneur, a model himself. Uh, welcoming into the 12 Kyle podcast for the first time, my boy, his son, Ali. Bro, what's good, man? What's good, man? Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Can't believe we having to have the opportunity to speak together on this type of platform. So I'm excited. And um, this is all that we love. You know, we grew up to your point, since we were eight years old mm-hmm. um, until, you know, adult. So it's just awesome uh, to be here and to be a part of this amazing platform that you provide. And I'm um, excited to, to hear hear what you got to say and hear what we're going to do and and uh, enjoy enjoy this experience. Man. No doubt. No doubt. It's not, we go, and again, we go way back. I literally, we've known each other probably since we played Little League football together. Eight, <laughs> so, eight, yeah, eight years, years old. old. Exactly. Yeah. All the way through high school and everything. And, um, you know, just seeing your your growth and maturity over this period of time, man. I remember when you was just a young pup just running wild and, and now seeing you <laughs> grown with children <laughs> and responsibilities, man. It is truly a blessing. Um, but, yeah, we talked about it's weird because we talked about doing this podcast. Jeez, it's been probably a couple of months and, yeah. you know, for scheduling and everything like that, we couldn't get it done. But I always say, you know, creativity. Uh, you just wait it out, you know, whenever it's time to make it happen, it'll happen, you know, so um, I'm glad that you reached back out to me so we could get it done, man, um, but what, who better to come on and talk about 90s style and 90s fashion and everything but you, um, so I guess, as, as I mentioned in the intro, you are a model, and we'll talk a little bit uh, before we get out of here, talk about, you know, what you're doing and how you got into modeling yourself, um, sure. but uh I guess we should, if we're talking about the 90s, I guess what's the best way for somebody who didn't know you, um, how would you describe your style and sense of fashion in the 90s? In the 90s, that's a great question. My sense of style, I would have to say it varies based on, you know, we break the 90s into three sections. Okay. Early 90s, mid 90s, and late 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, from the early 90s, and I have to kind of go a little bit before the early 90s into the 80s, late 80s. Okay. Um, haircut was big. Airbnb and Rakim. Rakim had that fade and that long part. Right. You know, and the Dapper Dan uh, 
sweatsuits. Mm-hmm. And I dreamed of having that, you know, that style. And then we'll slide into 88 and you have Big Daddy King. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Haircut mm-hmm. was critical. High top fade. He was the first, you know, you know, we had Kid in play, but he was the cool one with the high top, mm-hmm. you know. And he introduced suits. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so that was the first time I think we had we had a store in the mall. Uh J and W Yes, yes. <laughs> jeans West. Yes, Jeans West. Jeans West. And we could get those little suits, man. So I begged my mom. It was my first summer working for my uncle and I, I had a little bit of money. I had me about a hundred dollars. Wow, and that was a lot of money back then. <sighs> oh man, I was like, I gotta go to the mall. I was bugging my mom, I gotta go to the mall. She was like, what? Why? I said, I got to go get me a suit. And she was like, a suit for what? I'm like, Mom, I got to get a suit so I can be fresh. <laughs> she was like, you ain't getting no suit. You're not wearing a suit. Nowhere but hers. And I was like, oh, man. But, yeah, so, you know, it was 88, you know, with the suits and the fades. But then something happened around 89, um, 90, when De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest came out. Mm. And that's middle that's middle school. And so that was more of the, the African influences uh, of shirts and just T-shirts. And just, it, it wasn't, um, you know, it was just more about being yourself. And it wasn't nothing about being, like, highly fashionable, really. Mm-hmm. These guys are just regular guys that could really rhyme. You're right. And so once 90, you know, early 90s, then West Coast started hitting. Mm-hmm. So then you have like 90, 91, 92, 94. You're talking Ice Cube's America's Most Wanted, mm-hmm. Tupac, uh, Tupacalypse Now, The Chronic in 92 and 93, Doggy Style. So in that first part of the 90s, I began to become influenced with Dickies, introduced okay. to, to Dickies, okay. and, you know, in the baseball jerseys, yes. right? Um, you know, and cross colors. You know, Pac, Pac was wearing cross colors, mm-hmm. you know, either Call Kanai, um, that era of, of big, really big, you know, jeans. That's what really started the baggy jeans. Yes. You know, it was cross, cross colors and uh, Call Kanai. So that time period was really, you know, influential to me. And actually, I was so West Coast and <laughs> I had to get me an Impala, man. I had me a 1962 Impala after wow. I saw. Uh, you know, the chronic video mm-hmm. and Boys in the Hood between those two, those time periods, I had to go with a, uh, you know, go West Coast and, and get my Impala. So I had that for a couple of years. But then something happened in 94. Outcast came out. Mm. And so Southern Playlistic, Cadillac Music, is really interesting because Dre and Big Boy had you know, some influence of the West Coast more so than East Coast. They were wearing big jeans and uh, baseball jerseys. Mm-hmm. And then Biggie came out with the Kuji sweater. I even, I never heard of a Kuji sweater before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was like the mid-90s. And then Pac, my goodness, Pac came back in 96 and gave us the green light to take off our shirt. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And we did. So I was knee deep in the Navy. I was hitting the weights hard and you could keep a shirt on me. Wow. uh, Between 96 and 98, because then DMX came out Mm -hmm. and he definitely did wear a shirt. So uh, that was my era. And then I think, you know, at the end of the nineties, you have, Things kind of settled down a little bit, 
And then you had like Wu Tang, Most Def, mm-hmm. and Nas. And Nas kind of returned back to that that era of being stylish, but with the fade. It was about his haircut more than anything. Kind of put me in the mind of Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. You know? So so that that was my era, man. That's those those three components. So if you break down the nineties, mm-hmm. um, that's what I saw in fashion and that's what influenced me a lot. Okay. Okay. So you so you were rocking all of that pretty much. Oh, all of that during those eras, man. You know, I was rolling. You know, we we were so impressionable at that time, we right? Because it was it was not on TV, but your MTV raps, um, you know, BT. What was it? Uh, rap, rap City. Rap City. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was it for us in Florence. So, you know, we were so impressionable. That's I couldn't wait to get home, get off the bus. And watch Rap City, man. And me and my cousin, we'll be on the phone. He lived down the street from me. Mm-hmm. And we'll be on the phone talking about, you know, the videos and just being just inspired and influenced by what these guys were wearing. Because it seemed like, you know, you know, on another side of the world, you know, light years away from us, you know, just to be able to, you know, tap into the TV and just get lost in their styles. No doubt. Music. No doubt. I, I was something I want to go back to that you mentioned. You mentioned that you had the you went to the Dickies and the the 64, 62 Impala. Oh, yeah. Now, again, for those of you listening, we grew up in the same hometown, right? In Florence, South Carolina. So this isn't, you know, Compton. So how, how did that how did that go over in our hometown? <laughs> man, you know, I, I was the only one riding, you know, that, you know, old school, man. You mm-hmm. know, people are always curious. And, you know, I had the, the woofers in the back. I was bumping, so you know it was always cool for me to to, to pull up, um, and just look different. You know, I have a huge, you know, growing up in Florence, I have a huge family, so mm-hmm. you know everyone knew each other. But you know, what people remember about me, I think, in the nineties, uh, while I was home before I left for the military, was that Impala, absolutely okay. without a doubt. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so you you mentioned. Uh, you know, the styles and everything that, that influenced you. I, I think uh, you, you did a, you did a, a great job breaking it down because I think when I think about that time, my, my evolution as far as style kind of uh, changed over that period of time too, as well, mm-hmm. because at the beginning of the nineties, I was just graduating high school. You know what I'm saying? I graduated high yep. school in 1991, then went to college at South Carolina state university in the mid mid nineties. Uh, by 96, I'd graduated, and then by 97, I'd moved to Atlanta. By 99, uh, we had our first child. So I went through, the <laughs> in that 10-year <laughs> span, I went through a lot, you know. Yes, so uh, my sense of style was, it, it changed. Uh, you know, I didn't, I, I think I dressed like pretty much like everybody else in high school. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But I definitely had to dress differently once I got to college, particularly going to uh, historically black college at South Carolina State University. Um, because, you know, when you stepped out of your dorm room, you had to be fresh. Like you just couldn't you couldn't be on campus and not be fresh on a black college campus. It's just, sure. you know, you, sure. because you never knew who you're going to meet or, you know, girls, anything like that. So um, and. Because I played football, my dress was kind of different. Like it just really depended on the day, like and where I was going. If I was going to class, I might, you know, I probably would be dressed up. I don't want to say dressed up, but I mean like t-shirt, jeans, sneakers. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
if I was going to practice, obviously sweatpants or shorts because it's hot and sneakers. Um, but if we were going to a party or something like that, you know, it would be, uh, you know, a shirt, something, <laughs> as you mentioned, taking your shirts off. Uh, something that could come off pretty quickly because, you know, when I was in college, yeah, if I went to a party, I was literally waiting on a bead of sweat to get on my forehead before I took my shirt off. Because, uh, <laughs> like like you said, it was that era, man. We just, we just, that was, Pac and guys like that gave us a reason, like, yo, it's okay to take your shirt off. And, you know, it was, I mean, you you think about it, you're like 18, 19, 20 years old. Your bodies are probably, and you're playing sports. So your oh, bodies are probably in the best. Yeah, man. So, you know, it wasn't no, I'm taking my shirt off in a, in a New York minute. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you, you did a great job. And I hadn't really thought about it until you said it like that. But, yeah, it, it my style definitely changed. And, obviously, by the time I got to moved here to Atlanta, um, you know, a little bit more growner. Uh, I don't want to say grown man because I, I was, especially my crew, I was known to like violate dress codes. Like we would go with the clubs and stuff. And yeah. I wanted to be, I didn't, you know, especially like when I first got here in like the, the late nineties, I didn't want to necessarily, it just depend on how I felt. I didn't want to necessarily dress up to go to a club. Right. Sure. sure. But you know, and I remember one time I went to some club, man. I had and I had boots on. And they were like, "Nah, man, you can't get in." And my boys, was, <laughs> <laughs> my boys was mad yeah, as hell. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I had on the Timbs, and it was just like, "Nah, you can't get in." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Man," it was like, and then then they said, "Well, if you want to get in, it's gonna be thirty dollars." I was like, yeah, "I ain't paying no, money. Yeah, yeah. I'm not paying no thirty dollars to get in here." So uh, and my boys will always get on me about breaking dress codes, but um, I, I eventually <laughs> grew out of that, grew out of that uh, that that element. Um, Here's something I wanted to mention. Go ahead, go ahead. You, you go. I was thinking about the mid '90s, mm-hmm. and I think for me, I really um, predestined myself to be on the West Coast. Okay. Uh, because I left Florence in '95. Gotcha. And went to the Navy. Mm-hmm. And when the recruiter was talking to me. Um, he was like, well, where do you want to go? First thing came out of my mouth, Cali. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cali. You know, because a lot of guys, they didn't want to leave, you know, home. They mm-hmm. wanted to stay close to home, mm-hmm. be in the area where they grew up. But for me, I felt like I was just predestined for California. Mm-hmm. And so the recruiters would tell you anything to, to get you to sign up. Oh yeah, we you know, I'll see if I can talk to somebody to get you, you know, to get you on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But it's truly, you know, once you go through boot camp, it's a luck of the draw. Right. And lo and behold, I um I got San Diego. I remember that. And so yeah, man, so from ninety five to two thousand, I was in San Diego. And even though, you know, that was the era like I was saying, you know, just coming off of you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. dog, doggy style. I still had a sense of home, mm-hmm. even though I would wear my, my dickies. And then I said, okay, if I'm going to dress it up a little bit, because now you're in the military, you got to kind of, you know, tighten up a bit. I reverted to more of a preppy look. Mm-hmm. So then I okay. would have on like Tommy Hilfiger, uh, you know, some guest jeans, you know, button up. They were a little bit you know, larger fitted. Mm-hmm. But that was like the default, you know, because I, you know, you just couldn't be walking around the base looking crazy. Right. You know, so that was the the place we would go to the uh, to the commissary 
and they had a mall on, on base and we would just go there and get dressed, you know, go shopping. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, I probably went to the mall like 10 times while wow. I was in the Navy because we would wow. just go to, you know, go on base, man, and they had all the deals, you didn't pay taxes. And so it was, I would go get me an outfit and I would go get me a CD. <laughs> I'm good on payday, every payday. No doubt. That was my mission. No doubt. That's perfect. That's perfect. Um, we we also talked a little bit earlier about uh, hairstyles. So in the nineties, you 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 covered the gamut as far as like you know the 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 MCs and how you know hairstyles were as far as the popularity were changing. So in the nineties, what kind of and I'm interested to hear your answer, particularly because I know that you were in the Navy for that you know the back half of the nineties. Mm-hmm. What hairstyles did you rock in the nineties? Well, graduating from high school and. Uh, in 92, mm-hmm. right behind you, yep. um, this was the height of Jordan. Mm. So my for graduation, I shaved my head. That's the <laughs> first time I shaved my head, <laughs> I shaved it all off, you know, because prior to that, the fade was the deal. And so you had like Chris Webber mm-hmm. with his fade. So I had to have my Chris Webber fade, but graduation, that was like the true, um, you know, definition of me, you know, air quotes, becoming a man, mm-hmm. and really stepping out there and taking a risk. So I shaved my head bar. Mm. And from then on, you know, when I was in the military, uh, you know, we get a, a fade because we really couldn't, you know, grow our hair out, you know. Okay. Not a lot. And fades were, were good. Some people had, like, mini froze, like temple fades. But, you know, the biggest thing, you know, in the military during the mid-90s was you got to find a barber. Mm. And lo and behold, my best friend, you know, sidebar in the short story, my best friend, his name is Roderick Wiggins. We played the same number. We played the same positions in football and wore the same number. Mm. Um, And he's from the South, from Jackson. So he became my barber while I was on the ship. Okay. So I was always fresh. You know, we would go overseas I had to look fly. You know, I, I, just, I sit there. I don't think Rod ever ever spent his paycheck while he was in the Navy, man, because he would just, you know, get paid cutting heads. Right. So, um, and then I would do like even after um, after that, um, I would just pretty much keep a pretty low haircut mm-hmm. until after I got Navy and I started modeling. And I was I was growing my hair out that time. So uh, around, well, I didn't get out until two thousand. So. I guess it was, I was just doing my fades in that low uh, number one against the grain mm-hmm. uh, until uh, until I got the Navy, then I could grow my hair. So I just pretty much kept it simple, man. You know, hitting the weights, clean cut. True. And couldn't have any hair in your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, just clean cut all the way around. So Jordan really was my, you know, was the, the pinnacle for me. And it's interesting that you say that because, and I want the people listening to understand, if you're cutting your head bald on purpose in 1992, that is a risk <laughs> because <laughs> it wasn't cool to have a bald. I mean, it was very few people that actually had bald heads. Like you said, Jordan and, you know, everybody else was trying to hang on to the little bit of hair that they had. And, and you know, we were at that age where you probably didn't start losing any hair for those who were going to lose hair eventually. Um, but, yeah, you didn't see a lot of bald heads walking around. So it was uh, so it was, it's interesting that you say that. Um hairstyles i pretty much kept it simple um yeah. i had the uh i had the <laughs> i 
I had the part two, Yeah, yeah, you remember. <laughs> Not only that, I had the I had the slope. I, okay. I did I did the slope, and you know what's funny, man, was I it was the summer before my senior year, and I was supposed to I, I for whatever reason I forgot that the that I had to take graduation pictures, mm-hmm. and I the the date came up and and I needed to take pictures. Well, that particular day I couldn't get to the barber shop. So I was like, I'll line myself up. (laughs) Bad mistake. So I ended up taking a senior picture with the little slope in the front. And my line is not good at all. It's not good at all. And so, uh, so but, you know, that's how my senior picture looks. Um, Yeah. Yeah, man. So it's it's immortalized, man. And it's funny, man, because when my kids see it, they like, Dad, what was wrong with your hair on this picture? Like, <laughs> Dude, that took me back because, you know, when I did have my hair growing, um, you know, we were still in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had, like, my little, my high top, too. And then I tried to get my big daddy cane part in my head. And then, you know, you know, just because we wanted to get a haircut, don't mean mom and dad had money. You know, you oh, of course, of course. Go to the barber shop. And I did not know it was haircut. Okay, so you sound a little you sound a little far away. Can are you closer or because it sounded like it faded a little bit? Can you come a little bit closer? Okay, say something. I, I was moving okay, around. perfect. Okay, Can you gotcha. Hear me now? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I completely you know didn't realize it was uh, picture day. <laughs> I didn't have a haircut. You know, you have those, those parts in your head. Yeah, you have man. That slope. With that high top, and then start looking crazy, and start flopping. You <laughs> 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 look rough, man. So it's funny you said that about um, yeah, the haircut man. with that slope, man. Because if yeah. you're not lined up, if you're not shaped Mm-mm. up, and it for me it just it. It, it happened and it's like the date came up on me and I didn't even know and it's just like oh yeah you gotta take graduation pictures today and I had no clue um, so yeah I did that by the time I got to South Carolina State uh, I had the high top fade I did that um, and but then when I got, <laughs> when I got to South Carolina State it, as a part of my initiation onto the football team uh, I, my hair got cut bald right? oh, wow. yeah <laughs> They cut the hair on top of my head and my facial. The little man, I, <laughs> no, I was, I was struggling to get a mustache, right? <laughs> so my mustache was like like a football team. It was eleven on one side, eleven on the other side. <laughs> so they cut that, and finally, and really, what I didn't realize, but when they cut it, it grew back even fat, even you know more and everything. So, um. But at South Carolina State, I pretty much, I, I rocked a high top fade, I think, maybe my first year there. And then after that, it was just a low cut. Um, Caesar, I used to have to part down the middle, like you said. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and that was about it. I never really, you know, went too too far left with haircuts. And, um, you know, probably been that way even to this day, um, which is bugged out because it's like now I have a beard and I never could grow a beard when I was, you know, <laughs> when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah when I was yeah. young, no, no beard whatsoever. Um, so I guess my follow-up question is with all of the, 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 the hairstyles and maybe some questionable gear, are there pictures of you anywhere around with, uh, the, cause like I said, my senior picture is there. I, I won't post yeah. it, but <laughs> is there any pictures of you in some questionable gear or questionable hairstyles? Bro, there's a picture of me 
back home, and it was a yearbook picture. Ooh. So this is probably 90 or 91, probably 90. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this was the, the Jungle Brothers Tribe Call era, era, so I had, like, uh, Tribe Called Quest era. I had on, like, a, a printed shirt. Um, I didn't have a haircut. You know, my haircut was looking crazy. <laughs> and my mouth was had looked like the dude just took the picture and I was like in mid sentence or something. I'm just sitting there looking crazy with my mouth wide open. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I think that is the worst picture of me that has ever been oh, printed. It's just terrible. I, yeah, man, that that picture is out there somewhere. Yeah, same same here. My my uh that picture that I described, and then there's one other picture. I, I had this um my mom bought me this uh this coat. And it was like, I guess the best way I can describe it, particularly for those of you listening, if you remember the Forever My Lady video from Jodeci, and, <laughs> and Jodeci, they have on these white coats. The coats are like, they come down to like your knees. I had a, I had a purple coat <laughs> with a hood on it. Yeah, I can see it. I, Man, I don't know why my mom, I, I don't know why I convinced my mom to buy me that coat. Um, I wore it like maybe three times and I felt so silly for wearing it. I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing this at all. So yeah, I, I had, I had to dead it, man. But there, there is a picture, um, of me in that coat, but I have the picture. So, um, go. nobody will ever see it outside of this house. Um, <laughs> lucky, lucky you, man. Lucky you. <laughs> no doubt. Um, so it, you mentioned earlier, man, a lot of hip hop acts. So I gotta, we, we talk. I know we're talking '90s style, but like you said earlier, so much of our influences and into what we wore had to do with the music that we listened to. Um, so the '90s really was a lot, in a lot of ways, defined by you know fashion, culture, and music. So when you talk music, who were some of your favorite uh, R and B acts from the '90s, and 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 then when you finish that you can tell me a uh, two-part question your favorite acts from uh from from hip-hop so 90s right. 90s r&b and the 90s hip-hop god it's, it's pretty pretty easy so for the 90s r&b hands down jodeci yes um you know what to be honest drew hill for a minute mm. um what 112 yes um, what's those what's those brothers the brothers from atlanta um what's god's name I can't believe I can't remember their names. Um, I forget their names. Uh, it's like my uh, sister's favorite. Jagged band. Edge? Jagged Edge. Okay, okay. Oh, man. And then from a female, it was Mary. Mm, Mary, yes. you know, that was 91, 92. Mary came out, and I was like, whoa, you know, that touch of hip-hop, because I've never heard it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my favorite R&B artists that I can think off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, when it comes to hip hop, without a doubt, Outkast, mm-hmm. 100% favorite group. Drake, 100% favorite artist of all times mm-hmm. to this day. My biggest influence in music style every day has been Dre. Um, who else did I really, in Pac, you know, Pac was mm-hmm. so instrumental. And I think that's when I started Besides uh, Rakim, um, back in, uh, you know, Paid in Full in 87, I think that's when I started paying attention to lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
was with with Outkast, Tupac, and Nas. Mm. Um, just like really, you know, had me thinking. And so um, th- those are my influences for sure uh, in the nineties. No doubt, man. You you, you Oh, no question. <laughs> they're, they're definitely on my list. Um, I, I think most people who are listening, if, if based on you know some of the podcasts that I've done, know you know where how how I feel about music that it came out in the nineties. Um, everyone from in no particular order, like you said, Mary J. Blige. Uh, when it comes to R and B, SWV. Um, you know. Uh, the, the, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like you said, 112. Um, I think one of the one of the things that really impressed me about R&B at that particular time was that, you know, they were beginning to fuse it with, you know, hip hop. So uh, just about everybody that came out, um, I won't say everybody, but most of the people that came out, like we were, I was spending countless <laughs> dollars as far as money on, you know, the music. Um yes. Hip hop. I mean, it, it, the the list go. It goes on and on from anywhere from Jay Z to Nas, Outkast, uh, Tribe, um, you know, Biggie. Obviously, uh, you name it. I was listening to it. <laughs> Red Man. Uh, everybody. Not ever. Just about everything that came out in '96. I bought um, from yeah. UGK to, like I said, Red Man to. Um, it, it was just it, it ran the gamut as far as music was concerned, and, and I think not the '90s, the that particular era was just it was such a great era for music. And I mean, I've done podcasts on it, and I'll do even more podcasts on it. But um, but yeah, it, it was very very influential in you know what I listened to, and it was just it was something where I think musically, like we just we lived it and we breathed it. It wasn't yes. like, it wasn't contrived. It wasn't anything that you had to kind of force. Like when you put on, like you said, outcast or you put on Tupac or whomever, you felt that music, even if you didn't necessarily live that lifestyle. And, and one thing I, I try to impress upon people who, particularly who are younger than us is that, you know, there was no internet. So exactly. Uh, if Dre said or Snoop said, this is what's going on in my neighborhood, then we were able to tap in at least to some degree as to and get a, you know, I guess a temperature as to what was actually going on in their neck of the woods. And um, and I thought that was beautiful as far as like being able to tap into Atlanta, New York, L.A., uh, Chicago, Detroit, all yeah. of these cities where hip hop was bubbling. And um, and it, it was it was definitely influential in so many ways. And like you said, you know, we had a front row seat with shows like Rap City and, uh, you know, <laughs> Yo MTV Raps where, you know, we would see something. And it's like, OK, I see a guy with a, you know, a, a nice cross color shirt on. Maybe I want that, want that, too. You know, or exactly. um, if he had, you know, if they dropped uh, uh uh, a verse or dropped an, a name brand in a song, you wanted it. You know, uh, <laughs> I remember when Grand Poopa sang, uh, he said, uh, Jabos hanging baggy, he'll figure on the top. Yeah, you know, I, and I never had a pair of Jabos, but I wanted one. <laughs> me, me either. I had exactly the same. I wanted a pair too. Never owned a pair of Jabos. So, yeah, man. So it, it was it was definitely, definitely a great time. You, uh, you know what you, what you mentioned is mm-hmm. there's two things I wanted to, to point out. Go ahead. One is, um, a group that really influenced me, and it wasn't until um, I met one of my friends from uh, uh, from Connecticut. He introduced me to Wu Tang. 
Okay. Yes, sir. And that just really, I mean, because West Coast was so hard. Uh, it was going on in the early 90s. And then Wu-Tang came out. And I was like, what is this? You know, Method Man and just how their, their wordplay and delivery and the sounds, the music was so different. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, also you mentioned like UGK. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, the, the man. Memphis hip-hop came out mid-90s, mm-hmm. mid to late-90s. It was a, a different sound. And to your point, the music allowed us to use our imagination because mm-hmm. that we didn't have the internet, like you said, so we can only visually imagine what the West Coast was like, what, you know, the Northeast was like, what mm-hmm. you know, Miami was like in Texas, yep. just through the lyrics. And it's what I, when I think of back to growing up in South Carolina, we didn't necessarily have such a specific influence. Nope. Like we, we appreciated hip hop from wherever it was from. Exactly. Compared to some, you know, some people very hyper-focused on their region. Mm-hmm. But we was, you know, man, we'll listen to, you know, Anyone that was putting out hip hop, we was at least exactly. tasting the water. We were, ta- we were sipping on it, man. We were tasting it. Exactly. Yeah, man. And it's because there was no, there was really no allegiance to it. You know, you, yeah, you, true. you just, true. we were so. It, even if you followed it for as long as we did, you know, whether or not you started out like me, started off with Run DMC, mm-hmm. you could appreciate Run DMC and then appreciate, you know, Two Live Crew in the same breath. Oh yeah, because song. exactly, exactly, and, and be rocking to it, you know, because yeah. it was just like, you know, there was no necessarily necessarily a an identity for you know Southern rap. So it wasn't until like you mentioned, even though, and I mentioned on other podcasts, even though there were other acts to come before them, Outcast with Southern Playlistic really put the South on the map. And one of the reasons why they resonated so much for cats like me and you was that they looked like us. They talk like us exactly. and they weren't trying to be anything other than Southern. So exactly. it was, it was a sense of pride when you listen to them and you, and, and a, uh, an extreme sense of being able to relate. So we really, really, you know, gravitated towards them and that kind of music. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, actually this is a great time to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll take a break. And then after the break, we're going to come back, and I'm going to hit you with a test. I call it the, the 90s fashion test. Uh, we're going to see what you were rocking in the 90s. Uh, so sit tight. We'll be back in just a second. And just like that, we are back. Once again, it's your boy, 12 Kyle. This is the 12 Kyle podcast, and we are talking 90s style. We're talking fashion. We're talking a little music. Uh, and I got my boy Isan in the building. Um, so I mentioned before the break that we were going to talk about, uh, I was going to give you a fashion test, right? So what I want to know is, uh, I've got a couple of things down here. We want to just find out, you know, did you rock it or not? Um, <laughs> and whatever, whatever points you want to add. And I'll let you know if I rocked it too. Uh, and, and at the end of it, um, and, and especially for those of you listening as well, I want you to, you know, kind of keep score and ask yourself, did you wear some of these things too? Because if you did, then you are truly a nineties, uh, per, a person of the nineties. Um, so the first one I have here, Kango hats. Did oh, you rock yeah. it in the nineties? Absolutely. 
What? Say like word. Word, man. I like the Paperboy style. Candy. Okay, okay. Not like the bucket. I, I, I only have maybe like one of those buckets, but primarily the Paperboy style. Candy. Wow. That's my style. Wow. My uncle wears them all the time, so I guess I got them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Old school now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Old school people definitely wear them. Uh, in fact, my dad, who, who coached us Little League football, and, and I mentioned before the, before we got on the air, you know, is one of one of his favorite players of all time is, is, <laughs> is his son. Um, yeah, he, he wears them all the time. He wears Kangos yeah, right, all the time. You're right. Uh, I remember that. I never had a Kango hat. Really? Never. Surprisingly, and, and I always, I always wanted the, the joints like LL, but I just never got one, man. Just and I, and I, when I started thinking about, it, I'm like, I really don't know why, but I never had a Kango hat. So, hmm. go figure. Um, next thing, Timberland boots. I had, I think, two pair of Timberlands. Really? That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. In the '90s. Yeah, man. Because the, the the mid part of my nineties, I was in the military. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So that's right. you know, it was primarily me just you know being as simplistic as possible. Mm-hmm. It, oh, you know, I didn't have a place to put those big boots on the, <laughs> on the ship. <laughs> so true, you had true. To choose. Right, right. You had to choose. So Small space. Man, not enough space for ten. Oh no doubt, no doubt. Um, man, I had. I had a couple of pair in the '90s, and I think I probably bought more after the '90s than I did anything else. I still have, I've got what two pair that I pretty much, and I still wear, I still wear my Tims. I still wow. wear my Tims, man. It, it, the Tims were uh, because they are so comfortable for me, um, yeah. and everybody, you know, because it's a like you said, it's a bigger shoe, so everybody doesn't necessarily, you know, feel, you know compelled to wear you know a, a boot that big uh and and of course if you're not really familiar tim's really got their popularity in the late 80s particularly early 90s early to mid 90s because of you know it was the <laughs> it was a fashion statement for it drug was. dealers it uh, was the choice for the <laughs> and they had all the colors man right you know, if you're gonna look fine, you was dressing up, man. You gotta get the you tims. had to get the tills. You had to get the forty oh, below man. joints, and uh, you know it was it was it was required wear for you know your local drug dealer because you know if you're, <laughs> if you're selling drugs, you need to be outside, and it's you know especially like if you're in, you're, you're in New York, it's cold. Yeah. Uh, you need something. You you need something on your feet. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> to be on the block for hours. You exactly. Exactly. You Tim. gotta have some Tims. Was the move for sure? It's too hot in the West Coast for Tims. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, now that's true. That is so true. Um, and I always bug when I see dudes in shorts and Tims. Oh, crazy. <laughs> I just, I just automatically assume if you're in shorts and Tims, you're either from DC or you're from New York. <laughs> like nobody, <laughs> nobody else would ever do anything else like that. But no, not so bold to wear that. In the summertime? Come on, man. Your feet are way too high. Um, The next thing, the oversized white T-shirt. Did you rock that in the 90s? Uh, Dude, I wasn't into the big T, man. Same here. Same here. I couldn't do it, man. That was my little sister's era. That was when, you know, Wayne them came Mm -hmm. out. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and so I was. Th- it took me a while to get with the hot boys. <laughs> you know, I wasn't the hot boy. Me all. either. Yeah, oh, man. So for you, you didn't wear. Nah, man. I same here. The oversized T-shirt that era kind of came. It was it was something that caught on in the late nineties. Really mm-hmm. took off in the the early to mid two thousands. Yeah. Um. It just wasn't for me, man. I just. I mean, I'm not a big guy to begin with. So, mm-hmm. you know, me wearing a big oversized shirt just wasn't, it, it, it just wasn't a good look for me. Yeah. Um, it Sounds was, like it looked like that purple, that purple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It just wasn't a good look. Um, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it, like I said, it became pretty popular uh, in that time frame, man. And, um, and it's just, I, it's just, it's something that I saw, but it wasn't something I couldn't get, I, I could get with. Um and speaking of T-shirts, just sidebar real quick. With you being on the West Coast, did you see a lot of guys that would wear like a white T-shirt as their main shirt? Oh, yeah. That was bugged out to me in the oh, 90s yeah. because like I, I played football and a lot of my teammates, especially the guys from Florida, they would wear just a regular white T-shirt as their main. I'm like, why yeah, do you have on a T-shirt? T-shirt? White T-shirt and Dickies. Yeah, and Chuck Taylors. That's that was a West Coast look. That wow, was a, that was a game banger look. You know, exactly. T- you know, T-shirt Dickies Chucks. Wow. You know, and your rag. <laughs> and I and I was never exposed to that until like yeah. I got to college because you know of course like I said we didn't see that in Florence. Right. So it right. was just um I just I just had to ask you about that. Um, Where the rest of your clothes? You got on a t-shirt, and these guys would wear, they would wear a t-shirt and then a wife beater up under it. So I'm like, you got on, you basically have on two white (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. You and my cousin in uh, in Fort Lauderdale, yep, he used to wear that. Yeah, I just, I figured it was a Florida thing, but I had to ask since you, I knew you were on the West Coast, maybe it was something that was out there too. Maybe just coastal, you know? Maybe that's what it was, where Mm -hmm. it was warm weather. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing, dungarees. Did you rock the dungarees in the nineties? So let's define dungarees <laughs> <laughs> with the with the the overalls with the straps. Uh, so they and I know they would have come out right oh, around yeah. the time that you were a senior in high school because I know I, I rocked them my freshman year in college. So you were senior oh, yeah. in high school then. I had fair. So my daughter, my oldest, was born in '98. So I got mm-hmm. a pair of overalls in a picture with her. She was, she was a little girl, so I rode them boys until the '90s. I mean, to the 2000s. Wow. Yeah, man, I had one. I think actually I had one uh, a cross color one too. Ooh, no, you did. Yeah, I think I did. Damn. <laughs> I hope I can't find that picture on Facebook. Man, listen. But you, what about you? So you had I, yeah, I had I had two pair, and uh, okay. I used to rock them all the time, man. And and there is a picture. There's a picture of me standing out in front of my house, and um, I got the dungarees on. I had a, a, a Syracuse uh, sweat sweatshirt on up under it, and okay. um, I used to rock it, man. I, I I thought it was a good look. Um, looking back on it, it probably isn't, <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was pretty pretty dope. Um. Denim jackets. Oh yeah. Did you rock the denim jacket in the nineties? Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. I think that was uh that was my boys, that was Wu Tang, you know. Mm. 
Gutang and Pac, you know, but definitely oh, and Tretch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. definitely. What was that? Jason's lyric came yep. out. Yep. 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 So I definitely had mine. I got one. I still wear one. I really? always have. I always have a denim jacket on. Stage. Man, surprisingly, right. I've never had a denim jacket. What? Never. I mean, and and when you when you talk about that era, you're talking about, um, guess, uh, yeah. Versace, uh, Moschino, Calvin Klein, yeah. everybody, even to Cap. the even yeah, Levi. even exactly, even to the black labels. You know, mm-hmm. people started getting into denim. I never. It's just. And I, <laughs> it's funny because like, I don't really have a good reason for not owning a denim jacket. I just never have. Huh. That's interesting. I I, I love denim. Denim's one of my favorite mediums, man. Okay. So, okay. Uh, wow. I love the, the denim jacket, man. It's it's a staple piece. It is. From, from a style side of things, I think every man needs to have a nice, well-fitted denim jacket. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe I have to get one then. Gotta put it in there, man. No doubt, no doubt. Um, okay, so now let's talk about some of the sportswear. Um, when you think about, when I think about sportswear, I'm thinking about uh, polo. Did you have polo back in the day? I didn't get a polo until I went to the West Coast. Really? Uh, like an official polo? Mm-hmm. Not Ralph not Moore the knockoff. Polo. Yeah. Yeah. Not a polo shirt. But a Ralph Lauren polo. Mm-hmm. That was probably not until '96. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, man. I just I um, it was, I didn't. I think I might have had one or two polo shirts when we were in high school, and I really didn't really rock them like that because I was like I said more a t-shirt guy, and then um when I got to school, it was that was the look because it was like a little kind of preppy look or whatever when you wanted to kind of jazz thing yeah with a collared shirt. So, yep. um, and it it went well with jeans. Anytime you had to go someplace and you didn't want to be too dressed up, but you wanted to be casual. Yep. Um, so yeah, I had a part, so I started buying, that's what I started buying. And I mean, even to this day, um, I still have quite a few polo shirts and I, but I primarily, I wear them like on, you know, wear them to work sometimes, but it, I have a, a few that I wear like when I play golf and stuff like that. Um, what about uh Tommy Hilfiger and Nautica? Both. A lot, mm. a lot. That was my move because really the, the cool thing was with Tommy more than Nautica, you know. Well, Nautica was the the, the more expensive one. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have rare occurrence I got a Nautica jacket, but um, Tommy was dope with the color, so it gave us that you know that sense of color from mm-hmm. like you know our cross color era, if you will, mm-hmm. but also gave that preppy look. Um, and the fits weren't too crazy, you know, so you still could look really nice. Um, and I, I still wear Tommy to this day. I wear um, dress shirts and suits. I have a mm-hmm. couple of Tommy suits. Okay. Because um, they seem to still, I don't know what they've done. They know the secret sauce and just my body type, man. I can always just go and buy off the rack. And okay. It's going to fit. Okay. What about you? Uh, same. Um, I had quite a few Tommy shirts. Uh, it was again something that I didn't have when we were in high school, but by the time I got to college, I had to because all the dudes yep. is rocking it, and yep. it's like you don't want to be the only one not wearing it. So it's just like uh, that was the thing, and and girls really like if you could you know match up your colors and everything. Yeah. Um, and then you know by the probably by the time I was a senior, you wanted to if you had if you could match like let's say if you had a 
uh, orange Tommy. Then you might get the Nikes with the with the orange logo, man. So, <laughs> so you know, so yeah, you had to kind of tr- if you could match it up, it'd be dope. Um, Nautica, I'm I'm like you. I didn't have a, I had maybe three Nautica shirts in the '90s. Uh, I wore the hell out of them. <laughs> but but uh but yeah i didn't um and i had a jacket i had a nordica yeah, jacket yeah. and i had a i had a couple of polo jackets in fact i still have a couple of polo jackets um but uh but yeah i just nordica just it 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 escaped me just because like you said because of the price and i mean i was a <laughs> i was a college student i wasn't i wasn't buying them and i think i got that like on a sales rack or something like that of course um, Always, never for a price for Nordica. Exactly, exactly. So it, when we move into the urban gear, uh, cross colors and woo wear, did you rock either of those in the 90s? Cross colors, definitely. I dreamed to get some woo wallabies, never to find them. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted some. I'll, wow. I'll rock them today if I can find them. Wow, wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I never, never. Really? I, I'm not... I'm not big on a lot of colors. Like okay. I'm, I'm, I've always been like a one-two guy. Like I'm gonna give you this color, and I'm gonna give you a little accent of this. And that's it. Okay. Like, <laughs> like you won't see me in a bunch of colors. And for as dope as I thought cross colors was, I just couldn't. I couldn't see me with all of those. Like you, I couldn't put green, orange, red, all of that together. So I just, it did. It looked. It was one of those things where, and I'm pretty sure you know this from from your time being a model that Mm -hmm. some things look good on other people and they just don't look the same on me. Yeah. And it's not that it's not that I look bad. It's just that they don't look the same way. It just doesn't have the same look or same feel that it does for someone else. So, um, that's kind of where I was with, uh, with cross colors. Um, FUBU and fat farm. What about those? Did you rock those in the nineties? A little of both, not much. Okay. Uh, Fubu more than Fat Farm. Okay. Okay. Um, Fubu never owned Fubu. Okay. Yeah, just and I and I really don't have a reason why. Uh, it just never, never came to me like that. Um, Fat Farm, man. <laughs> I think Russell Simmons might be the only person that had more Fat Farm than me. <laughs> really? Man, I was fat form to the death. I had wow. I had casual shirts, I had t-shirts, I had hoodies. I man, I still got fat form stuff. I wow. I don't wear it, but I still got it. Like it wow. it was something about that look, man, and like I think it was sort of polo, you know, if you you kind of when I think about fat form the P. Mhm. It was not a lot of colors, to your point, was mm-hmm. it? It mm-hmm. was just uh, Russell's urban version of, I think, a polo. Yep, that's exactly what it was, and it just it just had a certain look on me. And I think, like for me, um, somewhere around my freshman year, sophomore, freshman year in college, mm-hmm. I realized that, and and it might have been maybe somebody told me this. Um, it probably was a girl. <laughs> told me that gray looked good on me considering my complexion and she said yeah. it brings out your and I ne- and to be honest man when we were in high school I never had anything gray and then all of a sudden man I just started buying mad gray stuff so I had gray t-shirts gray polo shirts 
gray became like one of my favorite colors to wear and it's a color that I still wear to this day. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and I, I had, <laughs> I had at least like 10 gray, <laughs> gray fat farm t-shirts, man. It's ridiculous. Oh, I, I gave Russell way too much money, hey, man. man. Russell Russ was, was happy you was, <laughs> you was feeling it, man. Man, I kept them in business, man. For real, for real. Um, Oh, another 90s staple. Starter jackets and starter caps. Did you rock oh, them in the 90s? man. Starter jackets. I wasn't a, that kind of cap person as much as I was, uh, like I was saying, the paper boy mm-hmm. style has and, and Kango style, but definitely a starter jacket. I remember um, when they had the, the, ba- the football teams. Again, it's just that whole color thing. I had a a New York Jets um, green starter jacket mm. um, that I wore. I think it was like, uh, that would be 91, 92. Mm. Yeah. And that's probably the last, you know, starter piece that I had. That mm. was, that was the, but I, you know what I really wanted I never bought was like the, um, more of the athletic jacket, more like a, um, like a, what would you call it? Um, like a Letterman jacket, that mm-hmm. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I still, I would love to have one today, but I've never had a, that style of, of uh, jacket for, um, for starter. What about you? Same man. I, I had quite a few starter jackets, uh, but I, the one that I wanted, and I, and I mentioned on this podcast before, the one that I wanted that I never got was the hooded one. That's the one I had. Uh, see, that's the one I wanted, man. And, and yeah. everybody from our hometown had one, man. <laughs> everybody but me. And, man, I'm still mad to this day. And you know what's, what's weird is that you can't find them anywhere. No. Like, I I, I just looked. I want to say I looked this past Christmas because uh, I was going to buy one for myself just on GP. Yeah, no doubt. And, um, but, yeah, I, that's the one I wanted, man. The hooded. I've had just about every other uh, starter jacket, the Letterman joint, the the, the parkas. I've had those, mm-hmm. but not the. I've had the pullovers, but not the the, the hooded joint. And that's the one that I want, man. So, um, if bring anybody from starters listening, back, <laughs> if anybody from starters listening, send me one. I I will pay. Um, caps, yeah, I, I would I would rock cat. I would rock hats, particularly you know like if. If it's that time of the month where you know you you're in need of a haircut, you just sure. <laughs> I would I would throw in a hat in a New York minute. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier, uh, and I'm I'm interested to I'm I'm pretty sure I know the the answer to this. Another thing that was very popular in the in the in the '90s, uh, the Paisley bandanas. Um, a lot of a lot of you know gangs were affiliated with. Did you rock any of those? Nah, bro. Yeah, I, I couldn't I, mess I with it either. Wood, <laughs> it was probably brown. Cause <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's something you don't play with on the mm-hmm. West Coast, man. I was like, nah, I'm going to let Pac, let Pac handle that. And right. It was, you know, Pac was wilding out at that time. He was. And then he got, you know, he got murdered in, what, like, 96? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was... Couldn't rock those bandanas, man. Just not. Yeah, I just it just it it didn't appeal to me, man. I I didn't I didn't want anybody to get it confused. I mean, and you know, it was 
it was we we came the '90s was that era, like you said, and then when Pac came with the bandanas, he would have his, and he was never you know in a gang per se, but you know he would have his tied around his head, and I was yeah. just like, nah, I don't need that because I don't want anybody to think that I might be, you exactly. know, so. Um, exactly. And then, of course, you know, we knew, and I know you being out in the West Coast, you saw guys, you know, they would have that flag in the back pocket, you know. Yes, sir. And it was red or blue or whatever set it was, you know, and yeah. so they, they represented. So that was another thing that, you know, unfortunately was very, very popular in the 90s as well. Um, another fashion. Um, let me see. The luxury track suits. Um, did you rock any luxury track suits in the 90s? I couldn't afford any. <laughs> hey, at least you're honest. Look, 80s or 90s never got that until 2000. Okay. I was, I was modeling for Echo. Wow. Unlimited. And that's when I my first one. Wow. Yeah. You still got it? Uh, I don't. I still have a Letterman, a Letterman jacket from Echo. Okay. Um, it's 20 years old. I've probably worn it five times. Wow. Yeah, it's really nice. But, man. but yeah, man, I couldn't afford it, man. I wanted it bad. I, I was, you know, I was a kid that had the the four stripes. I know, right? I was like, I'm good. I'll never ask yeah. again. Not, not the Adidas, but the four stripes. The four stripes. Wow. Yeah, I um, I. I had the tracksuits, man, but I never, I never, it was never matching. Like, I, if I had a, if I had a jacket, I didn't have the pants. If I had the pants, I didn't have the jacket. So it was just like it was, it was pointless <laughs> for me to have it, man. I mean, like, and we came through in an era like with Fila, um, Sergio Tacchini, um, Lacoque Sportif, just to name a few, you know, who were doing them. Um, and someone that you mentioned earlier, who I really, really wanted, and I knew damn well I couldn't afford was uh, the Dapper Dan joints. Man, those Dapper Dan joints look so, so good. And we would see them on rappers and stuff in the videos, yeah. and they would always talk about, yeah, yeah, I went to Dapper Dan. He hooked me up for this such and such and such and such. And um, I always wanted one, man, but I just couldn't do it. <laughs> just yeah. couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, let's see, a couple more. Uh, camouflage, military camouflage. Uh, did you rock any camo in the 90s? I did. Okay. I had my, my camos for sure. Um, being in the military, mm-hmm. but like, I, fun fact: the day that I met my daughter's mom, I had on a camel suit, <laughs> wearing it with my Tims in LA at the Beverly Center. Wow! Being fly, I'm like, yo, I'm wearing this suit. Wow! Yep. Camo Tims in LA at the Beverly Center. Chilling. That don't even sound right. And my cousin was out there from Florence. Wow! So I was I was showing out. I ain't gonna lie. I, was, I, was I knew you were. Out. I knew you was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, I I never I never I, I have a pair of camo cargo shorts that I wear okay. every now and then. But I I never uh, prior to that I don't think I've re- I know in the nineties I didn't wear any camo. Um, wow. and I and to be honest, man, I don't really know why. I don't really know why. Well, I just never well, got into it. One of the things it. I would say with camos, you know, and to your point about like fit, mm-hmm. camos can be fairly baggy and long. Mm-hmm. So they were more full. So like right now, I I have a pair of camos that I wear, but they're chinos. Okay. So they're flat panel, no pockets on the side. And it looks, I, I really like the look. Okay. 
Um, so maybe if you ever come across the chino style, you might you might like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not above wearing it because, like I said, I yeah. have a, I have a pair of cargo shorts that are camo, but um, never got into any of the camo jackets or anything like that, which was really really popular uh, back in that time. Um, what was another one? Oh, one that you mentioned a little earlier, uh, Coogee sweaters. <laughs> did Coogee. you did you did you rock the Coogee? I wanted one. <laughs> you know, I wanted a biggie. Throw back to Cosby, but I couldn't get it. I wanted it, but I couldn't afford it, bro. Wow. How about you? Now, nah, I, mean, I had no desire to wear the Coogee. <laughs> Coogee, it just, for, for whatever reason, and maybe you can tell me if, if, if I'm right or not, for whatever reason, Coogee appeared to be very big, or at least to run big. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not a big guy, so it's just... You know, having oversized stuff on me just didn't, it, it, that wasn't the move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, what about the, well, you you were on the West Coast, so, the, so you may not have gotten into these. Uh, the puffy coats, the puffy jackets, very, very popular in the 90s. Nah, well, actually, yes. I have one. Okay. Uh, a black one. Um, because it would get cold um, at night you know, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't wear it a lot. I thought I was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> matter of fact, I think I bought it because I had just left Chicago from boot okay. camp. Okay. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's exactly when I bought it. I, it was in Chicago. Um, but only one. Okay. Okay. How about you? Um, I had... I didn't have... I, don't, I, didn't, I never had a puffy coat. I'd had a couple of puffy vests. Um... Those were really, really popular. The puffy coats were really popular from, you know, designers like uh, Halle Hansen and mm-hmm. uh, the North Face, uh, just to name a few. Um, but like you said, it, it just, it, I mean, I lived in Florence, then I moved, then I was in college in Orangeburg, South Carolina, and then to Atlanta. So those aren't really cold places. So I really, I guess for me, I never could like justify buying one because I was like, I probably won't wear it. Like I have, uh, I have a, I still have a puffy vest, but like my my sons, they wear it. I don't even wear it because yeah. it to me it just it just doesn't get that cold to me for me to put it on. But um, sure. um, but it still you know still resonates to this day. Um, uh, oh, can't forget Jordans. Did you rock the Jordans <laughs> in the nineties? You will not believe this. I had my first pair of Jordans when the first Jordan ones when they came out was in elementary school, and my I, my dad bought them. And you know mm-hmm. that was like a million dollars. Of course, of course, yeah, shoes. man. So I don't know how I did it, bro, but I actually spilled kerosene on my Jordans, <laughs> the black ones. And my dad told me, "You'll never, you'll never get another pair of Jordans." From how did you spill kerosene on your Jordans? Because, you know, they was just shoes in elementary school. They was mm-hmm. just shoes. You know, I, he probably had more emotional connection to him than me because he loved, you know, the Tar Heels and Jordan being right. right. You know, the guys right there from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, I never bought another pair out of the store. Like, out of wow. the box. I never owned another pair of Jordans. Wow. Yeah, to this day. Man, I... In the '90s, I had a I had a couple of pair of Jordans, but I didn't pay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, one pair somebody bought from girl bought for me. Another pair, a couple other pair that I got. Uh, I 
<laughs> I had this little scam where I would send shoes back to Nike and they sent me back some Jordans. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I talked about it on another podcast, how we would we would puncture a hole in the sole of the shoe and then tell, tell Nike that it was defective. And Nike would mm. send you back a pair of sneakers that were, you know, comparable to the price of what it was that you what? bought. Yeah, man, we we had a hustle going on in college, man. You know doing that state, man. <laughs> hey, we had no money, man. We had to get over, man. So, <laughs> so yeah, we did. Man, we ran that scam for about three years. <laughs> so, so it's like I would always come home with like new sneakers, and my mom would be like, you know, she know she didn't give me no money for no yeah. sneakers, so she's trying to figure out where it came from. But um. Yeah, man, still love the Jays to this day. I got a couple pair, um, and I always they they always feel comfortable. The the I can't. I think it was the thirteens. The ones that he wore when the Bulls beat Utah for the um, when he hit the his last game in Utah. The the, beat, yeah, okay. the Buzzbeater ones, the, the Ferrari joints. Man, I had a pair of those, and those were the most uncomfortable shoes I've really? ever put. Man. I gave them away. Oh wow! They hurt my feet that bad. I was just like, wow. "No, I'm not gonna do this." And I, you know, I was trying to, <laughs> I was changing socks. I was trying to do every little thing. I, I may have worn those shoes five times, and I gave them. I literally gave them away because they hurt my feet. And it, everybody else that I talked to, and it wasn't the size; it's just the way that the shoe fit on my on the foot. Design, yeah, fit yeah. Your, so your, um, shape your foot. that was the only that was the only pair of J's that I didn't like. But um, I, I had a, I, like I said, I still got a couple of pair now, and I, and I'll, I'll still continue to cop pair, uh, when, when, you know, when the prices are low. <laughs> so, sure, sure. Um, I, I need to, I need to own at least one pair. Yeah, you as, got as to. As an adult, you know, I, I need to get a pair. You got I'll to. I'll find, I'll find some. Um, one other one that you mentioned a little earlier, uh, and I think you said you didn't get them, the, the, the Clark's Wallabies. Nah. Yeah, I same here. I never got any. Never got any. Those were there some was, dope shoes too. But you know, another company that I did get to, you know, just like I said, you know, we did, I did, I had the four stripes. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Rockports had a pair mm. of Wildby style, and that honestly, to my um, recollection, it was the most comfortable shoe I ever got. Really, was those Wildby style Rockports. They was just, uh, they just were comfortable, man. Mm-hmm. And I never owned another pair like that. I've always heard that the Wallabies were very comfortable. I just yeah. never got a, and I thought, you know, obviously very, very popular in the nineties, really, really mm-hmm. talked and bragged about by, you know, groups like Wu-Tang. Yeah. Um, but I just never got around to getting a pair. Just, and no particular reason. Just never I, got it. I am writing a list, Kyle. You're, you're making me write a list of stuff I got to get. <laughs> <laughs> totally you got to, me. man. You got to. Um, let's see. I got a couple more here. Uh, what about the, 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 the plaid and check flannel jackets and shirts? Did you, did, did you rock those in the nineties? Not the jackets. I, okay. I had a couple of flannels default from my dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can wear these. This is his style. Right. You know? And it was probably big too. Yep. Snoop. Yeah. You know, that was West Coast. Exactly. Like, I'll take that. Dad. You don't need that. Man. You don't get that shirt. Man. Right. I never got into the flannel, man. Never got really? into the the play. It it's just too busy for you. For yeah, you're, yeah. You're you're a minimalist. Like just hearing our conversation, mm-hmm. the style that you you are as far as like 
colors and the looks and you're a minimalist so that makes sense because the plaid would be too much for you like, yeah i'll just feel like <laughs> i'd put it on i'd be like man this, this thing this thing doing too much and yeah. nobody else might not feel like that but it's just that's just how i see myself in it so yeah, yeah. I, i'm with you I'm, I'm i'm definitely there um what about last but not least uh the avarex and eight ball jackets I didn't. I couldn't afford it. Yeah, I didn't get man. It, I didn't get it until I worked for Echo, man. That's what, that's what stepped up my game a little bit in the in the urban area when it comes to hip hop clothes. Was, was Echo? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, same here, man. The the Averex jacket. For those of you know listening, it was a big heavyweight jacket. Like it's a heavyweight like leather type jacket, and it's you know it was a part of hip hop's you know look. Um, and you know, it was, if you bought one, trust me, you're going to keep it for a long time because it was sturdy. It was a sturdy jacket that wasn't going anywhere. Um, it would keep you warm. It was, it had a good look to it. It just, I just never got into the, to, to even thinking about getting one. And and I, I kind of go back to what I said a little earlier about, you know, the weather, Averex jackets look perfect for somebody from you know somebody in new york or dc or you know wherever philly cold weather cold yeah. weather pa yeah 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 chicago wherever chicago, you know i just Detroit. i just couldn't i was like nah and then like you said it just i think at that time man averex probably was going for about four or five hundred maybe yeah, it's like a million dollars bro that yeah was, <laughs> what I thought it was. hey i mean for a guy in the military and for a guy in college that's probably about what it was a million dollars yeah, that's exactly. what it was for us yeah, man. So it, you're you're right. It 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 was light years away from our pockets. <laughs> exactly, and and I would have never gotten one until I got this one from Echo. Mm-hmm. And that's it's exactly what you described. It's a it's a heavy Letterman's jacket that's leather, two tone, quilted inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just really durable and very it, much so. It, it looks, you know, someone. Like I guess, like a lot of the kids now, they're going back to you know more of a a retro look. Mm-hmm. They would rock these. My my twenty two year old, she would rock this in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, and, and it'll be in style today. No doubt, no doubt. Um, before I before we get out of here, Isan, I gotta ask you, man. I, I mentioned at the beginning that you know you have been modeling uh, for quite quite a while here. So, um, first of all, how did you get into modeling uh, and uh, you know, what, I know I asked you earlier about, you know, your style in the nineties, what is your style, uh, you know, now in 2020 at the time of this recording. So how, how did you get into modeling and what's your style for, for someone who, you know, didn't necessarily know you and know your style? Okay, great. Um, I, it's actually something I always wanted to do, even when I was back home. Okay. Um, I think my first picture I took was, was around 18. My little sister took it. Um, I still have that picture to this day. Uh, I was <laughs> modeling for her. Um, <laughs> you say getting those new outfits. Um, but long story short, I actually met uh, a Navy chief who was, um, his name is Tim Jones, uh, Chief Jones. He was Mr. Black San Diego. And I met him with my best friend that I mentioned earlier, um, on base mm-hmm. and we were just talking and he was uh, he came out of a section of the locker room that was designated to chiefs meaning someone who were 
has senior authority who usually would have been in the military, <clears throat> excuse me, for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he looked so young. So he walked out of the locker room and me and my best friend almost simultaneously, like, hey, man, you know, that's the chief locker room. And uh, he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm a chief and I'm retired. We was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was like, yeah, man, I'm retired. And um, we were like, dude, what What are you taking? You got the fountain of youth. And uh, he, you know, he just kind of broke things down to us. And we, we created a great rapport and relationship. And, um, and then I said, for some kind of re- I don't know how it came up. We must have said, you look like a model. And then he was like, yeah, I do. And then my best friend was like, hey, man, my, you know, my best friend want to be a model. And so I promise you, Kyle, me meeting that guy, and we're still friends to this day, or mm-hmm. he's a, been a mentor, a big brother to me. He took me to L.A. maybe a month later. And he introduced me to a photographer who was the photographer, actually, for CrossColor. Oh, wow. Um, and the one that the picture, did you know that the picture we were talking about these Leatherman jackets, the picture um, with the guy from Cross Colors that came out, that's Jimon Hansen. Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's Jimon. And so the photographer's name is David. He, he, um, he was the first person that shot me. And um, I, you know, he told me about diet. I didn't know anything about diets and, and a whole bunch of cardio. Mm-hmm. He was the person who introduced me to, um, to, you know, to modeling. And then being that he was from cross colors, his best friend, TJ was the designer and co-founder of cross colors. So they, wow. they've been my mentor for my mentors for years. And so they ended up creating a line that I modeled for. And I was like their lead model for that line. And then it wasn't something that lasted long, but it got me into modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I got out of the Navy, it's so funny because I had bulked up so much in the Navy. Then when I would go to auditions um, in the late 90s, when I, when I had opportunity to, the people were telling me, the casting directors were saying, hey, you're, you're too big. Mm-hmm. And this is before... Um, sports modeling was really popular you know active wear was really popular so i ended up losing 20 pounds of lean muscle wow and that's a big difference huge you know (laughs) (laughs) because you know at at 190 i mean i looked like i was too you know over 200 pounds Mm -hmm. 80 looked over 200 and um i actually crashed um fast forward i crashed an audition for echo um, and Mark Echo was there and, mm. uh, in New York. Wow. And so from that point, I, I became, from that crash of the audition, I became their lead, their lead model um, for a couple of years. So I would do stuff, um, you know, go to New York, go to Vegas, was on their ads and their campaigns to um, the last thing I did, I kind of got away from it like officially mm-hmm. the last thing I did was actually a funny funny story ended up being Jordan's website for Jordan brand wow um, and it, by that time that was uh, 2009 uh, 2010 so everything else that I've done in the past decade um, 
was just, you know, me doing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, I stopped for a decade. I stopped from 2000, that time with Jordan from like 2009 all the way to 2018 or 2018. It was the first time I, I got in front of the camera again mm. um, and started started modeling. So everything that I've done since has been, you know, my own style blog, which is, um, if, I could, if it's okay for me to mention it. Yeah, 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 because I, I was about to ask to, to tell you where you could tell people where they can find you. Yeah, yeah, you guys can find, um, you know, me at, at the Style Jumper uh, on Instagram and also um, the Style Jumper, Style Jumper one word on YouTube. I have a men's blog and men's channel there. And, you know, Kyle and I are cut from the same cloth. And as, you know, as we talked about growing up in the 80s and 90s, my, one of the things that was really important to me was to to still have that sense of of style and color to our points of cross color, um, but bring it to a more mature look. And mm-hmm. that's, I find that that's a challenge for a lot of guys, mm-hmm. especially from our era, because we're so influenced by hip hop. Yes, and we don't know how to make that transition. <laughs> Yours truly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So anybody out there who's really interested, maybe struggling with that. Um, I think you'll find, you know, the, the channel and my platform and content really, really helpful for you. Yeah, and it, it is. It, it's something that I've been able to take stuff from it because, like, not only do you say, you, you, you talk about, you know, your sense of style, but you also give pointers and tips as far as how you can make that transition because, as we, I think we talked about it uh, online, you know, the transition for some is a little bit more difficult for others because, yes. you know, you're used to looking a certain way and what feels comfortable for you. And like mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, like I remember going places and just not wanting to change and not wanting. I wanted to be in. No, you can't go in the club in Tim's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to, you know, or you can't go to this restaurant and, you know, have on jeans. You got to, you know, switch it up. And it's, it's about switching. Up. And it's something that I still try to make sure that, you know, I'm wearing what, is official but also what feels comfortable for me as well um and then knowing what it is that i want to you know kind of project or whatever like that so it's it's a lot of great content man and um appreciate it and i i I tell you man i'm i'm so proud of you bro because it's like i remember you running around with the with the with the p hat on shirt the p hat on back in the day (laughs) the pack Shout out to the pack, Shout and, out to uh, the pack. and just to see you evolve and and uh, and get that far. Like I said, from us playing football together to you, you know, being grown and having kids and married and everything like that, man, it's just it's it's been great seeing you and your your development. And and obviously, that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to get you on here, man. So um, tell everybody again where they can find you, where they can find and make sure that you guys check him out because you will not, I promise you, if you listen to this podcast long enough, you will not be disappointed in anything that you see on his uh, platforms. I appreciate that. You know, first, let me, let me say it's an honor to, uh, to be on your, on your platform, Kyle, you know, you've always been a a mentor and a big brother to me. No problem. Uh, You're someone, someone I always looked up to, um, just from your maturity and just how you handle yourself as an athlete, as a young man, and now as a father, mm. and, and, and finally a, as a creative. So mm. these things really um, have influenced and impacted my life, you and your family. So um, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. But with regards to uh, the channel, again, you can find me at The Style Jumper uh, on Instagram as well as YouTube. There's a couple of things um, that I'm working on um, this year that I think, you know, 
hopefully the audience may find interesting. Uh, one is I'm working on a book. Uh, okay. It's called Why, Why Style Matters, The Mindset of Dressing Well, mm. and How It Impacts Your Life. Um, so that should be out um, by the summer uh, or the fall at the latest. And I'm currently working on an online course. And the online course is designed for entrepreneurs to improve their personal style uh, so that they can um, you know, understand the value of personal brand uh, and their brand message. Because a lot of times that's a that's a gap um, for those. And finally, I would just say, um, you know, for for those of us who who are in their forties and you're, you're struggling with a, a style or how do you transition? You know, you don't want to look like your sons, your, your <laughs> nephews, <laughs> right? You know, and you don't listen to the music that they listen right. to, but you still listen to hip hop. Mm-hmm. It's the '90s hip hop that we're talking about that we're mm-hmm. really so closely connected to. Usually, people are attached to, you know, what they listen to and even what they wore at the age of graduation, mm-hmm. between high school graduation and college graduation. They're mostly impacted and influenced by that. Mm-hmm. So, one of the things that I came up with is what I call adult street. So that's where you, you'll find me out. You, I'll have a graphic tee in some of my, uh, my images, um, but they're, they're complemented with trousers or chinos. And chinos, I put on chinos, if, if you don't know that terminology, we used to call them uh, bugle boys back in the day, <laughs> just, <they're> just khakis. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but the beautiful thing about chinos is it gives us the option to, to add color. Mm. And again, that goes back to our cross colors and Kalkanine days. Mm. Um, and when it comes to, to sneakers, and I'll just say this is you know a couple of things I think every guy should have. Um, a nice pair of chinos, some minimalist sneakers, sneakers that don't have any type of branding on them. They're just low-profile sneakers. Um, a pair of Oxford, Oxford wingtips that they can dress up or down. Um, you know, a well-fitting you know, chino, uh, excuse me, well-fitting trousers would be helpful. Uh, that's something that's really popular. And, and actually right now, um, pleated pants are coming back into style mm-hmm. with a cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to wear a belt. You know, if you, if you have the opportunity uh, to maybe find um, some that have side tabs, mm-hmm. um, or if you, you, if you're a risk taker, try some suspenders. Mm. Um and I'm a, I'm a bow tie guy, so you, 90% of the time you see me in a bow tie. Um, but but those are some things I think in 2020 in style for for we adult men in our official 40s, mm-hmm. um, you know, that adult street, you, you'll find it there on the channel. So at the Style Jumper on YouTube and Instagram. Man, there it is. There it is. Bro, I definitely, definitely appreciate you coming on. We we got to do this again, man, because I think even just what you just said there at the end, just maybe coming back on and even just giving some fashion tips because it, you're never too old to know. Yeah, And um, sure. you're never too old to kind of switch up the style because, you know, like you said, if you're listening to this podcast and let's say you're between 20 and four, 25 and 45, you yeah. know, you might be – you know, you might be a little too old for the skinny jeans. You might be a little bit too uh, old for the big, big baggy clothes. And, you know, you might want to switch up your style a little bit. So, uh, you, you, like I said, you're never too old to learn. So, uh, we definitely got to do this again, man. I I'd definitely. To. Oh, no to. problem. No problem. Uh, 
that's going to do it for us. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. Uh, so for, for, my, for my man, son, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys on the next go round. Five Thanks G's. Peace. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed episode two with me and 12 Kyle. We went over our amazing adventures in the 90s when it comes to hip hop and style and fashion. Stay safe, be smart, be creative. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. If you want to see what I'm wearing on a day-to-day basis, check out my Instagram. There you'll find a ton of looks that maybe you can choose from or at least get some inspiration. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you have any questions or suggestions, leave it in the comments below. We'll see you next time.